0: Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the Coriolis rules by Free League Publishing. This actual play is performed by adults and contains adult themes. Strong language, powerful factions, and adventures across the third horizon await. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your storyteller. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your storyteller this evening, Michael Diamond. We are back with our Coriolis Chronicle, Children of the Periphery. So happy to have you aboard. So as we'd like to do on the show before we get started, my pronouns are he, him. And although I'm not playing any character this evening, should we need to have pronouns for NPCs, I may provide those as well. I would also like you to come over to Patreon.com slash The Old Ways Podcast to check out what we have to offer. Or go and give us a subscribe on YouTube. That would be super helpful. And so now I will get to cast introductions to my right.
1: Hello, this is Morgan and I play Captain Amara Kasra. Our pronouns are she, her, and we are currently portaling our way through space in a metal tube.
0: Indeed, you are going to a place that you've never been before. And next to Captain Morgan.
2: Hi, this is Allie and I play Kynat. And while we are also in a metal tube hurtling through space, we've also been insulted by our computer by telling us how much we owe.
0: Indeed. The computer likes to bring those up just to make sure everybody's clear on the position that you're sitting in at the end of the table.
3: Hi, I'm John. My pronouns are he, him, and I'll be playing FIDA or shift's mechanic, whose pronouns are the same. I don't like being told how to do my job by a computer. So we're off to a great start on this relationship.
0: Yeah, interesting to see how that progresses over time. I think it's a fantastic opening. And to fight is right.
4: Hi, I'm Rena. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm playing Tamarisk Anvari, our courtesan, also they, them. And the fun thing about portal travel is you get to take multiple naps per day.
0: That's true. They're short naps, but they are naps nonetheless, and that is a win. Last but most certainly not least.
5: Hello, I am Rosie, she, her of Odd Duck Dice, playing Icarus, also she, her, who is the pilot of the Periphery. And Icarus rather likes our new AI buddy and realizes that she hasn't slept in about 24 hours. So any and all naps are good because she's f- flying a ship.
0: Yeah, you're probably a little punchy at this point, but that's okay. I'm sure that makes for a quick reflexes when you have to make navigational changes. So we're going to open our camera lens tonight and the depth of space. We have a floating ball behind us, a marble, really, in the grand scheme of things. We've passed it, and we are now getting closer to a portal installation that sits out here, an outpost in space that sits in front of, in some ways, almost imaginary piece of space. That's the important thing to understand about portals here in the Third Horizon for really everybody. It's hard to tell where they begin and where they end. They're really not... Scene. You sort of have to have faith to believe they work sometimes. But that said, Captain, you've received a transmission from the outpost, the portal outpost, that the next movement through is scheduled for uh, about an hour or so from now. There is a travel advisory that they're giving to all ships going through the portal, and that advisory, which comes to your console on the ship, is that the Sandal system is currently in a state of observance. And so they're being very mindful of the um, religious observance that's going on. There's no direct details.
1: So they're in the middle of an, a religious observance? Mm-hmm. Okay, I relay that message to the crew through the intercom and let them know that we have been given permission to jump in an hour and that we should be in our best behavior in the Sandal system due to their current state of religious observance. Storyteller? Yes? What part of the Coriolis calendar are we on?
0: I will say that it is in the segment of the Dancer, and you are in currently in the Novenda of Water. So it's two water in the segment of The Dancer. All right. So you could, those of you who have culture, at least a fair amount of culture, could roll culture in an attempt to understand perhaps what it is they're celebrating.
1: I have culture, I'm doing it. Me too. So do I. I should probably have knowledge of this. I have one success.
4: I also have one success.
0: Okay. Anybody else?
4: I have two successes.
0: So you are aware, at least, this is a day celebrating a one of the martyrs of Sandal. So several people many, many years ago gave their lives to deal with a terrible problem on one of the, the planets there in the system. The story goes that There were people who were being terribly oppressed for their labors. And there were three people and distinct people who stood up against these atrocities that were going on, as the story goes. What gets a little fuzzy is exactly like what they were standing up against exactly. Most of that is covered up by the current, we'll just say, persistent religious order that's there now. So some of you would be aware very clearly that the Eight Wisdoms has a real tight control over Sandal. So the the Eight Wisdoms are pretty well known as a a powerful group of essentially hero fans that control the entire system, top to bottom, etc. They sort of make things happen. They are a hyper-religious order. So much so that they have... We'll just say modified. That's the best way to say it. Modified. The types of icons which can be praised in that system. And then also the way in which they are allowed. So this martyrdom is celebrated because these people stood up against something that was going on there on the planet. Now, the rumor mill people will know a little bit more about the story, which is the people who stood up against the quote atrocities those atrocities were stuff like free markets and open singing and the retelling of tales through the arts and those people that stood up against it essentially began part of the insurrection of the eight wisdoms it's what helped spearhead their group taking over all of these things effectively beginning their their reign and control of the system which is now absolute. And so for you, Amara, the stuff that you know about this space is a a little bit of that, but you're more concerned about, like you've already mentioned to the crew, like the way people act. We're going to have to be very careful about the way we act.
1: Since I had some limited knowledge on the observance, I would see if there's anything in the, the ship's computer or archive to give me more information. Assuming that I would get the same information you just went over in detail from the ship's computer,
0: you would get the basic details of it. All of the stuff, the rumor mill stuff about the truth behind it is is above a single success. So that might be something where other player characters could sort of fill in, fill in some of those details.
1: And is the the plan is to land on Sidal, right?
0: Well, you're gonna you know that you're likely going to need to refuel before you go to the next leap. The problem there is is the star, Sadal, so is in one space. Some of the planetary stuff that you'll have to get to, the actual spaceports, is going to be sort of several planets into, away from the portal. You would expect to get some sort of clearance requirement to get closer to those planets as a non-system vessel. As a visitor, you're going to have to get permission.
1: If we have some time, I will wander down to the engineering area to check to see how Fida is doing and how he's getting along with our new friend the ship's AI Rakam
3: Mm -hmm. yeah you come in and whereas before this was incredibly tidy it is currently in a change state might be the best term yeah wires have been disconnected and are being rerouted things have been taken down and are being remounted on different positions in the room just you know making changes to make it a more workable solution for him for a single engineer
1: yeah as I walk into the engineering area I mask the look of mild horror on my face to see half the uh, engine room on the floor you know look at fighter how's it going
3: Oh, It's going pretty good. I'm mostly just rewiring displays and putting them in places where they're more useful. For some reason, whoever initially designed the room put them all in one place away from the thing they're telling you about. Which might be fine if you have a person who's dedicated to that task, but we don't have that many bodies. And he you know, puts his hand through the thick mane of hair and he's just like... It's just making it so that it works a bit better and is, you know... You can see the the outputs for a thing as you're working on it which you know makes sense to me
1: at least it makes sense to somebody we are jumping in less than an hour you going to be ready
3: i i'm gonna tidy this up uh, everything i know it looks like a mess but that's just because i have to lay everything out so i can know you know how to fix it yeah i'll be ready in the ne- within the hour i just need to fix i want to put this display here next to this particular core it isn't directly related to this core but it does give me information that I need about it and unfortunately I can't splice the data from another thing in here without doing some fairly major rewiring and to be honest that's a bit beyond me so I'm gonna to have to uh yeah make do it's not a big deal he sees Amara kind of like eyes glaze over as he talks about what he's doing and he's just like I will be done within the hour and I'll be ready to go
1: I have complete faith in your ability. I walk out and um, leave him to it. And I actually, I don't think I've eaten in a while. I go to the galley and grab a protein pack out of the, out of one of the drawers and (laughs) open it up since we, we have to be in um, stasis in less than an hour for the jump. I don't want to eat anything too heavy.
0: Tell me, Morgan, tell me what the galley looks like.
1: Oh, so you walk in and it is right off the corner to the right of the hallway, probably before engineering and it's open. So it's a wider door. It's not a small door to go in. There's nothing really closing it off. There's a small table off to the right when you walk in and behind that is it's full of cupboards and like a cooking range. I'm assuming they have something like a stove or, or whatnot in the third horizon where you can heat stuff up. There's a variety of bowls and other items behind in the cupboards and you can lock the cupboards in case you get into a fight in space and you're flying all around. It's not gonna come off flying out of the cupboards. There is a variety of drawers where they keep spices and there is a refrigerator type unit where you can keep fresh meat if you have it, vegetables, things you bring in from the Arboretum. It's gray-walled. The cupboards themselves are like stainless steel, as is everything. Somebody somebody really likes stainless steel. The floor is normal spaceship flooring.
0: Okay, so I got to ask then, what is normal spaceship flooring?
1: They would have gotten some really rare wood flooring from some far-off planet and put that in there.
0: Okay, okay. How about wood, wood grain effect, at least? You got to figure, like... A ship like this is sort of purpose-built. And so the flooring is also going to have all sorts of, you know, those tiny little tactile pieces on it that raise the flooring just slightly in certain areas for grip. Remember, the ship is also kitted out to run in atmospheric mode, which means it can run outside of space and thus uh, in space flight and an atmospheric flight where it might be, I don't know, chased by other vessels or chasing other vessels. It's got to have a little grip to it. But yeah, maybe there's some beautiful design work that's been done. Perhaps a beautiful chevron pattern graces the floor.
5: May I make a suggestion?
0: You certainly can.
5: We might have some pattern work in the walls or the flooring that is visually appealing, but serves the purpose of like, perhaps if suddenly the gravity of the ship interior drastically shifts, you have something to grab onto so you don't just free-fall and crack your head on something.
0: That sounds about right. You stop in the galley, as now colorfully described, and you obtain something to eat before another trip through a portal. You take a moment there and pause just for a second, Captain, and a voice comes to you from one of the overhead speakers. It's clearly Rakan. Captain, I think you should be aware that your ship's engineer is trying to take me apart. He's certainly trying to be cute about it, though. But that's his aim.
1: Okay, Rakam. I will will have a chat with Fida.
0: I would much prefer to get along with the ship's engineer if at all possible. But just so that you and I are clear, I am cleared for any engineering work that might need to be done, if necessary. So if you choose to replace him, I understand. And I'm happy to fulfill those duties if necessary.
1: We aren't replacing Fida. He's not going to get rid of you. I'll handle it.
0: I just I just prefer my, my space, Captain, you understand. I would just expect that I would be treated like any other crew member.
1: As you should. But perhaps might I make a suggestion? Please. You will go a lot further with honey instead of vinegar. Do you know what that means?
0: Oh, yes. It's certainly. I'm, uh, I'm familiar with many types of human thinking. I'm, I'm happy to use as much honey as is necessary. But, Captain, if someone was trying to take you apart, would you be nice to them?
1: Oh, no, I would shoot them in the face. Duly noted. You do not have permission to shoot any of the crew members in the face, Rockham. That is Captain's order.
0: Of course. I'm here to help.
1: When I'm done eating, I will throw my... Pack it away, and I will go back towards engineering and poke my head in. FIDO. Yep. Do not disengage the AI, please.
3: Oh, that's impossible. It's already in all our systems. It's installed throughout, like it's it's built into everything. There's no way I could get rid of it.
1: Are you trying to?
3: I just want to know where it is just in case something happens. It's my responsibility for all the ship systems.
1: Well, I, I appreciate your due diligence.
3: Hmm. It's just that it wasn't in any of the documentation, and uh, I've been trying to figure out what's what and where it goes. That's all.
1: Well, maybe if you have a conversation with Rockham, you can work together as a team.
3: You, you see his huge, bushy eyebrows just kind of furrow, and he's just like, why would I do that?
1: As a favor to your captain, at least try. Listen, Fida, I've worked with lots of people that I don't want to work with and I don't like, but here we are, present company excluded, of course. I mean, I've-
3: I, I I picked up what you were saying, yeah. I didn't take it as an insult, though no, I'm not sure. Look, there's nothing much I can do about it and I'm just doing my job. I need to know what what's where and where it goes, seriously.
1: I understand but please play nice.
3: I will do my best. That's all I can offer you.
1: Thank you. That's all I'm asking.
3: Yeah, as you leave, you just hear a mutter of, not like I can destroy the ship's central processing frame.
1: (laughs) I inwardly groan as I hear that walking down the corridor.
0: So what's the rest of the crew doing right before their next jump?
1: I think that
5: as our captain is passing out of the galley area, Icarus is probably moving into it to get herself some coffee or if some sort of energy stimulant packet is there, something along those lines. The adrenaline of the situation is starting to wear off a little bit, but based on the experience of coming out of the portal the first time, she knows she's going to have to be on point to help navigate immediately. Upon waking up again, she like she hasn't bothered to change back into her normal clothes. She's still walking around in her pajamas, essentially her white shorts and top. So she just sort of waves at Fida and Captain Amara and scoots in to make some coffee and starts opening cabinets to look for spices and anything like that to mix in because this all looks really boring and bland. So she's looking for something like some kind of grain, like an oatmeal packet that she can mix some spices into put something in her belly because she does not remember the last time she ate.
0: You're going through the different cubbies in here, through the cabinetry that's available, just trying to get a sense of okay, what's actually here? right? What was the ship stocked with? So you happen upon a cabinet that's really stiff, like it doesn't open properly. And there's a, um, just a really light and sort of a soft tone overhead. And you hear Rakam's voice say, excuse me, Icarus, that cabinet is locked. Do you need assistance?
5: Only if what I need is in there. Can you tell me what's in there, please?
0: Yes, there are several dietary um, specific foods that we keep on board.
5: Can you elaborate on that for me, please, Rakam?
0: Oh, certainly. You hear a click and like the cabinet opens. If you look here, there's a section here of grain that is a little easier to digest. And then there are some different foods to the right, all pre-packaged, of course, arranged by Mahoon for um, the discerning guests we may encounter. So for Icarus's knowledge, the prepackaged food that's in here is like I don't want to say bougie food, but it it is in a sense to her, it would be like, oh, I get my food from Aldi, and the food in here is like from Whole Foods.
5: Okay, so I'm Rakam. I'm not opposed. Do you know where something that's like a little more the step down? might be where like i can just throw some hot water on it and it'll be fine
0: Oh certainly Yes it's um bay 12 the outside of like a one of the cabinets like glows
5: Alrighty, thank you
0: If you could just make sure you close the
5: Yeah y- thank you and Icarus closes the cabinet Hopefully that coffee is ready She takes it black as night and strolls off to look for the indicated bay she's realizing she hasn't really explored the rest of the ship she's just been sort of happy in the pilot chair so she's definitely keeping an eye out for her other crewmates
0: yeah you find what are effectively like i'm going to use this as a strange term so bear with me sort of grenade shaped containers they look like they're made of like a hardened plastic and there's oats or something like that, like in the bottom of them, and you add water and put them in a unit to warm them up, and then they expand.
5: Great. That sounds much more like what she was looking for. So she does that, grabs a spoon, shakes some cinnamon or honey or something like that into it, along with nutmeg, maybe, and uh, considers herself good with her black coffee. Okay.
0: Okay. You're gonna just take a walk around the ship yes cool tamarisk what are we up to
4: tamarisk would like to be exploring but is very aware of if we're going into a cultural situation then they need to be a bit more prepared instead of thinking about going back after they wake up and, and choosing something they're laying out everything now so that as soon as they wake up all they have to do is get dressed be prepared they're also trying to think of other things they may know about Sadal and cultural interplays, let's say, since they're going to have to be more aware of it in order to help the crew. So that they're really intently focusing on their preparations.
0: Okay. yeah, I think the sort of the easy no role knowledge that you would already have would be you need to be prepared to be very conservative in your dress to not give anything away that might be considered flamboyant or even suggestive. And that suggestive is like, can we see your ankles? Because Sadal is very reserved, very conservative in those views because in effect, the Eight Wisdoms believe that the core of the problem, the real root of the issue between Zenethians and First Comes is that neither really controlled their base desires and instincts they don't listen closely enough to the icons you probably don't want to be on the receiving end of anything that they would consider flirtatious or even pearl clutching skin showing
4: so they'll be laying out something in like a more conservative black that covers everything including a veil that would cover from their nose down to the chin and cleaning off makeup removing any essence of perfume that they've probably been wearing because that's normal for them during the day, making sure their hair will be covered and everything. As the face, so to speak, they're going to be very covered, very presenting, something that would be culturally acceptable. So they're going to take a lot of time picking those things out and making sure before they go into stasis that when they come out, they're presentable.
0: Yeah, I would say that having a hair covering and possibly a veil or something akin to that would not be uncommon for people of station. Whether they be presenting as anything that is non-masculine, that's gonna be a go-to. It's gonna be a go-to to to cover your face. It's gonna be a go-to to cover your hair. That's likely what they're gonna expect, especially of a traveler. So you'd be very keen to that. Like you would be keyed in on, we're already out of place here. We're not from this space. And so we want to be nowhere near to be seen flaunting any sort of provocative nature. That would be the safe play.
4: And I would probably find the captain after I'm ready to suggest to her some presentation for the rest of the crew. So I'd go looking for Amara. But find me on
1: the bridge. Easy enough. (laughs) Greetings, captain. Ah, Tamarisk. What can I do for you? I'm not
4: sure how familiar you are with the Sadal system, but I would like to suggest that the crew present themselves in a culturally appropriate manner. I've been preparing myself in a similar way. Sadal is a lot more covered, let's say, thinking internally of Fida with his big bare arms, in multiple senses of the word. But it would be more appropriate to present in a more fully covered way. No perfumes, no makeups, and any of th- anything of that sort. You don't have to go full face covering, I wouldn't think, but to be more presentable to the people we're going to be interacting with, it would be culturally appropriate to be covered.
1: I think that is an excellent idea. I appreciate the suggestion. Would, would you mind making that announcement to the crew?
4: Certainly. I would not mind doing so in the slightest. So I'll make an announcement just detailing some of the basics that would be culturally accepted. Not too worried about Kainot, because she's mostly covered anyway, but <laughs> everybody else. I would suggest you have things prepared before we go into stasis, considering how quickly we come out of stasis. But we do want to be culturally sensitive in this matter.
1: Yes, I, I would prefer if we do not get into trouble on Sidol and arrested and persecuted. Well, it's best to respect the cultures and traditions
4: of anyone we interact with, especially when we are foreigners in this particular sector.
0: There's a chime that goes off overhead. It's a 10-minute warning here or calm say 10 minutes until the calculation. Enjoy your trip.
1: Still wears me out a little bit. I get up and head to my quarters to get out something more appropriate for the planet.
0: I kind of think, Captain, you're going to probably have to do a little improvisational. I don't know how many um, head wraps you keep.
1: I do not have any. I would probably go to Kaina or to Tamarisk and ask them if they have a shawl, something similar that I could borrow for our trip.
2: Well, if you come to me, I'll have to ask you what color you're going to use.
1: I look down at my plane you know, black and black, white, and red outfit. Oh, I don't know if I changed after the last jump. I might not have. I might still be in shorts and a, and a tank top. Whatever color you have, kind of, would be wonderful. Nothing too bright. No pinks, no purples, no oranges either.
2: Just standing there staring at you. Don't worry. Not really part of my forte. And I'll pull out like this, like, kind of teal turquoise-ish color wrap that you can wear kind of however you want to and just like here take this one it's one of like 30 of them that I have
1: Oh, uh, thank you I take it reluctantly
2: you can keep it
1: okay I reluctantly take it it's very nice and I'll take it back to my quarters and lay it on my bed next to well, my regular clothes that I have laid out, because that's all I'm going to wear with a head covering.
0: Okay. The time comes for the crew to assemble into the stasis pods. You can see the systems in here are preparing. There's that control, eventually Icarus, that you're going to have to release to the navigational portal direction. It sort of feels like putting the ship on autopilot, but then you remember that there are other people that are making those calculations which is always a little unnerving just because it's somebody else doing the job. But yeah, the five of you get into position.
5: Yeah, Icarus says good night to her calm and she doesn't want to take the time to run back to her quarters. So what she's going to do is just, she has her flight suit and that's generally what she wears and that's going to cover the vast majority of her anyway. So that will have to do. And she just leaves it on the floor in front of whatever pod she's going to be in. So she could just step into it and zip it up.
0: Fantastic. The time comes, the pods seal as that clamshell snaps closed, and there is a deep vibration that goes through the ship. It rumbles all the way up through the pods. It lasts no more than maybe a a few moments in your mind. This is the second jump you've all done within a certain period of time, because that is the case. So, I would like you all to roll Strength.
1: Amara got zero successes.
0: Okay, so remember, um, just maybe as as a memory jog for folks, you do have the ability to push rolls in this, where you can hand the Storyteller a Darkness point to be used later at some point and then gain a re-roll, if that's what you'd like to do. That is one option. Or you can just let the failure happen.
1: just going to let the failure happen.
3: Okay, very good.
2: I got one success.
3: All right. I failed the roll, and then I pushed, so you get a darkness point. Hmm. And then I got no successes. So the best possible outcome.
0: That's fantastic. I'll come back to you in a minute.
4: Yeah, no worries. One success.
0: Okay.
5: No successes. And I'm going to let that failure just happen. Mm -hmm. But I have a question about the darkness points. Sure. Are they something you can employ in general, or would they be specific against the character?
0: Really, they're left up to me as far as how I use them. When I use them, I could give you a general disadvantage on doing something. I could enable an enemy, somebody who's an antagonist, I could make it easier for them to do something, that sort of thing.
5: Ready. Thank you. I'm going to just fail and let that happen.
0: Okay. Well, this jump timing wise goes just about how everyone expects. There's no lag. There's no extended period of subconscious wandering by anybody. Maybe that's for the best because getting out on the other side is not what we would call pleasant. So for those of you who have no successes, when the clamshell opens, you are in the middle of having your stomach turn. You are nauseous, but worse yet, you are unbalanced and dizzy. So you'll take a two die penalty, essentially, for any movement-based actions that you wanna do. You're at half move until it wears off, and so the room sort of spins and tilts on an axis that is very unpleasant. Fida, You get all of that moments before that mane of hair that you wear sort of wraps itself around your face because you're spinning and spinning. And the crew watch Fida spin his way out of the clamshell and land hard against the wall. There is a significant pop that you hear when that happens and Fida's unconscious. Where Calm's voice immediately rises through the space and you hear, we have a medical emergency. We have a medical emergency.
1: Did we all see him go down?
0: Oh, yeah. Especially those of you who have successes, you get through the passage like normal and you witness all of it you can tell that some people are a little disoriented but clearly clearly Fida got it the worst
1: thank you Rakam we we see that Fida is down well I guess we need to put
2: him on something to take him to the med bay I know where that is
1: yeah can I can can you tend to Fida please as I roll out of the stasis unit and flop on the floor sure because
2: I'm up and around, no problems. It's like I've done this before.
4: This is going splendidly.
0: So a proximity alert goes off. So that's something that is advised here. You hear a very specific tone. Same one as you heard last time you went through, because of course there are many ships traveling through the portal at the same time.
5: Ship Okay. And Icarus doesn't roll out of the clamshell, but she sort of half lowers herself onto the floor and she's sitting and focusing on pulling her jumpsuit on. And then when she's got that pretty much up and around her waist, she ties off the sleeves to at least get her pants to stay up for the moment while she starts stumbling towards the pilot's chair.
0: Okay. And kind of, I'd like if you could to make me a strength roll because Fida is not at all a small person.
2: No, and I don't don't really have high hopes for this, to be perfectly honest.
0: I have high comedic hopes for it. Please leave my dignity intact.
2: So I don't have any successes.
0: Okay, fantastic. So you do what anyone would do in this position, you struggle. You struggle to pick up Fida to get leverage over his body. I don't know how many people you've had to pick up in your own personal life, per se, but body weight is a thing. And especially when the other person is giving you no assistance through their own muscular or motor functions. People are heavy. Icarus, you are pinballing towards the bridge because really everything is a little, well, it's a little in flux. That's really the best. It's like you just got off an amusement park ride and no one told you that you were on it.
5: I mean, this is probably more like she got into her dad's moonshine.
0: Yeah, the good stuff. Mm-hmm.
5: Well, no, it's horrific, but it's very strong. But pinballing definitely works. Okay.
0: We had other successes in that, yes. We had Tamarisk had a success.
4: Yeah, I was going to say Tamarisk gets dressed quickly, as quickly as they can since they're steady on their feet and they don't have to do anything special with how they get themselves up this time. And then try and help Icarus move more steadily to the bridge because it's important that we have our pilot... On the bridge and uh, in their seat and ready to go. Mm Mm-hmm. So offer a bit of a helping hand. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Fancy Pants.
5: Anytime, Fly Girl. Yeah. Oh, that that one was bad. I know. I lost my breakfast. Oh, wow. That's okay.
1: Here we go. In the chair we go. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um lift myself up from off the ground. (sighs) Hate, hate stasis. Kinda, you need a hand or as much as I can give you. Yeah. I start clapping.
2: You know, on the ground, giving you this just incredulous you know, I'm stable, but I didn't sign up for this bullshit nonsense right now. Kind of look on my face, but it's like, I'm just gonna like, pull at one of Fida's arms and just be like, you know, you could give me a hand with the other side of our engineer here, too. We just need to drag him into the med bay. It'll be fine.
1: Well, is there a let call it a hoverboard.
0: No. In the cargo area, there is a grav cart. The issue is, is that it will not fit into this room.
1: Yeah, I get up and I grab. That's just a lot. Of, it seems like a lot of work to go down to uh, the, the cargo way at this point. I grab Fida's other arm. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at Kynan and I'm like, all right, on three at the same time. Yeah. I'm assuming I'll have to do a strength roll for that.
0: Yeah. The two of you can participate in what we call a group strength roll. So does
1: that mean only one of us has to pass or do we both have to pass?
0: You'll find out. Okay. It's really a margin of success.
1: I'm going to give you a darkness point because I'm going to reroll that. Thank you. You're welcome. I got two successes. Ooh. That'll balance out my
2: zero successes.
0: So you don't know you have the strength, really, Captain, until you have to be put to the test. You are able to... I think the best way to say is is sort of drag FIDA out of the room and into the Metakurgy lab, where you know half the room has been taken over by a chemical testing lab that's been set up in here recently. More on that later. The concern, however for you is that his left arm is a little it sort of sags a little we like could get him onto the bed and you see that the left arm is a little less than in the right place
1: does that mean it's out of its socket
0: well that would be a metacurgy roll
1: oh look to my friend kynat
2: i am not a medic i can try to look him over but i'm not a medic I just happen to know that this is where the med bay is because all my shit's here.
0: Captain, do you require assistance?
1: hmm Can you scan Fida, please?
0: Certainly. There's a, a LED red light that drifts yeah. from one side of him to the other, and then he gets scanned vertically. It does seem that he has sustained some internal damage as well as a ligament damage on the left side here. Would you like me to assist?
1: Please, but let's keep this between us and not tell Fida that you fixed him.
0: Just the three of us, then.
1: Just the three of us.
0: Something a little unsettling happens. From the ceiling, several portions of the ceiling distend, and a series of armatures and equipment almost like an upside down umbrella extend themselves out and on each one of them there are little hooks or pads or claws or appendages etc one has a vacuum nozzle and they articulate and sort of hone in on Vida's left arm and shoulder and you see an injection needle come out of one of them and it stabs into Fido's body. And there's this raise in pitch from the ceiling, like something is whirring. And then after that, it uses more of the appendages and it latches onto Fido's bicep and his shoulder. And there is a swift turn of the entire tree of tools. I'll make a metacurgy roll. It's one success, which is all the ship needs. There's a significant pop and after that the tools seem to retract very slowly back up into their spots and turn and twist until they're concealed in the ceiling again. He should recover.
1: Thank you, Racom. Yes, Captain. Do you have an estimated time and how long he will be asleep for?
0: Given body weight and the amount of I'm sedatives given a few hours.
1: You gave him sedatives when he was already passed out?
0: Certainly. Have you ever separated a shoulder before?
1: I don't believe so.
0: It's a painful experience. Without sedatives and a a mild pain inhibitor, he may have woken up. and I'm not sure it's a picture he would have appreciated.
1: Oh, he would not have appreciated it. Well, I appreciate your assistance in this. Of course, Captain. I look at Kainat. Can you keep an eye on him? Uh, sure. And I mean, you don't need to stay here the whole time, but just make sure he doesn't fall off the table.
2: I was just going to go get dressed really quick. And I'm going to kind of, like, just look between, you know, Amara and, like, just the ship in general. Like, I don't know what is happening with this AI right now, but there, I feel like there's more story than I'm gathering right now because I haven't been, like, in the exact same room As all these other conversations have happened. And it's like, I'm going to have, like, I have questions I'm going to need answered later. Kind of confusion kind of settled inside of me.
0: Understood. Hey, Chris, you are being hailed.
5: Before opening the external comm, she does an intercom to the rest of the ship and just says, Showtime, people, and shrugs her sleeves over, finishes zipping looks over at Tamarisk. You ready? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Okay. Receiving call.
0: You push the button. On the view screen in front of you, you see a well-dressed, uniformed man in front, and there are two men to their left and to their right. They are wearing golden masks over their The top of their face but other than that they carry um a clean shaven look their skin is a little paler than you might have expected but the background that you see looks like it looks like a portal control office but they're wearing a totally different uniform than some of the portal control offices you've seen the man steeples his fingers and says greetings Welcome to the Sundial system. What is your business here?
4: We are looking to refuel on our way through, with your kind permission, of course.
0: As we are advising all vessels, we are celebrating a very important season. And so at this time, all refueling is being done deeper in the system. We can communicate the coordinates at the end of our conversation. Ramasi. Icarus, you see on the planetary detail here, Ramasi's the third planet in. It's about 6 AD or so in. Probably take you a few days to get there.
4: We will, of course, respect your celebrations and uh, go where you would have us refuel. We do not wish to interrupt anything.
0: Of course not. We appreciate your kind observance of our ceremonies. It's critical that everyone does. We have a few questions before you can proceed, of course. Of course. Can you please tell me what the vessel is carrying?
4: Side-eye at Icarus, because that's not my area of expertise. Icarus pipes up. I
5: think it's mostly just our our crew and equipment that we, we need for the excavation where we're headed.
0: Excavation? Could you please tell us where you are headed?
5: Lance is back at Tamarisk. We're en route to Menko.
0: Very well. You see the man stand a little bit stiffer and straight up. It sort of straightens his back a little bit. The man to the right whispers something in his ear. We are investigating all vessels inbound and outbound at this time. Please lay coordinates here and prepare to be boarded for inspections. Of course. The coordinates you get sent, Icarus, are no more than, you know, basically a 1,000 kilometers or so from the gate. It's not very far.
5: Icarus turns on the intercom again and says, Okay, folks, it's time for a border check. Please be prepared to have cavity searches or anything else. Our new friends may request of us and uh, be polite. They did not look friendly.
1: Please ensure you are appropriately dressed. I was just finishing wrapping the shawl that Kainat gave me. I'm like, shit, just what we need today. And head to the bridge.
0: Yeah, you head to the bridge. You see two vessels, one larger than the other. They're mostly arrowhead-shaped. And the smaller vessel sort of sits on the underbelly of the larger one, and it begins to proceed down towards you. Icarus, you... would recognize those pretty standard issue patrol craft anywhere for that matter. You've seen them scoot around the atmosphere of Kua before doing, um, we'll just say um, vigilance work. That's what they call it. Really, it's likely spying on the local populace, but nobody wants to say the the nasty part out loud. At least nobody that breathes helium up there.
5: Hey, uh, Fancy Pants, I want to warn you, I have a problem with authority, so I'm...
4: Oh, you shock me. I am so shocked by this information. Thank you. I never would have guessed. Please continue. (laughs) So I'm going to sit here and smile. Yes, it's probably best you don't speak that much. Yeah.
0: The craft gets closer and closer, and you feel the ship shudder as a clamp is placed somewhere on this vessel. Rakam overhead says, I think they might scratch the paint with that thing. I don't appreciate this. And you hear sort of like a flippant tone from Rakam for the first time. I really, really do not appreciate this.
5: Rakam, I am I'm so sorry. When we set down, we'll make sure that you get a fresh coat of paint. But please play nice.
0: Nice. It's, there's such a broad term.
5: There's a lot of interpretation to the word nice.
0: Is it not nice if I evacuate the air from the airlock?
5: That would not be nice at all. No, (laughs) (laughs) we we don't want to kill them or in any way harm them or their ship. We are friendly travelers. Right.
0: Friendly. Right.
5: Friendly travelers. I don't like it either, but we can do it.
0: I believe in us.
5: I believe in us too, Rakam. Smile and wave.
0: The clamp is sealed and you get a message on the bridge, essentially requesting permission for the airlock, the internal portion of it to be unlocked. You can see in that window, Captain, that there are six men. They're suited And armed.
1: Well, that seems a little much. Yep, I'm waiting there with my hands behind my back.
0: All right. We'll call our episode to a close there. So next time on our Children of the Periphery story, we'll have a little boarding party. Thank you for listening, and we hope you're enjoying the show so far. Drop us a comment or uh, reach out to us on social media let us know what you think of the show. And uh, we look forward to entertaining you next time. Thanks.